coming up on the George Farmer podcast. But surely with some clever planting, George, you can disguise the filter. Absolutely. If you're a really skilled aquifer. <laughs> We're trying to say. Hi everyone, George here and welcome to the George Farmer podcast. I'm your host. And I'm your co-host, Emma Farmer. The aim of the George Farmer podcast is to make aquascaping and planted aquariums more accessible and digestible. And here in season one, we're breaking down all the component parts of what make a successful a planted aquarium into easy to understand chunks. So tell us about the topic for today, George. Yes, today in episode nine, we're going to discuss filtration and circulation. Relatively complex topics, but as always, the aim of this episode is to break it down and make it easy to understand. Okay, so we'll start off talking about filtration in a moment, and then we'll move on to talk about circulation. So before we dive in, tell us what you've been up to this week, George. We actually managed to finally get rid of the Aquascape 1200. So it was on the cards for a few months, and eventually my good friend Ian Sutherland, who lives local, was able to take it off my hands. I'm really pleased that Ian's got it. I know it was going to go to a good home, and actually Ian was involved in the actual initial setup. He helped to build the cabinet as a prototype model and so they could ship it more easily that they flat packed it and it didn't come with any instructions at all and i'm not a particularly practical or diy orientated guy emma as oh, you know are you not ian came to the rescue and helped build the cabinet so i'm really glad it's going to a good home the aquarium itself isn't guaranteed to be 100 percent safe because it's got this micro bubbling on the silicon as i said it's a prototype model uh, so ian's going to use it as a terrarium so that's great. I'll leave a link to Ian's Instagram in the show notes, actually. He's a, he's a really good guy and he's got some great uh, material on there. With that, there was, of course, a big empty space. So we had a rearrange of the gallery and I think it looks much, much better. And we've taken the decision to go very, very houseplant heavy in there and turn it into a bit of a jungle. So I'm really excited about that. Me too. So with that in mind, we bought a couple of books on houseplants. Also this week I had a really great day out visiting Horizon Aquatics up in the north east near Darlington. So I want to give a special shout out to James and Nicole for picking me up from the train station and looking after me really well. The reason I was there was to see this aquascaping shop or store. It's relatively new in the UK. I think it's been running for about nine months. Obviously with lockdown I haven't had the opportunity to visit there. Managed to get there, had a really great day, did a live aquascaping workshop on an Awaze Highline 200 which you can see the replay now on my YouTube channel. Again I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. I met up with fellow YouTuber Mark Goodwin also known as Geordie Scaper, great guy and also was very lucky to be invited to A.D. Meyer's home. He has a beautiful Aquascaper 1500 nature aquarium, long-term aquascape, that's recently been featured on my YouTube channel again. I'll leave links in the show notes. Did a walk-around vlog style of that aquarium, but I've also filmed loads of cinematic footage to make a, a beautiful, relaxing video, which I'm really excited about. And also, that aquarium, A.D.'s aquarium, will be featured in Practical Fishkeeping magazine at some point soon. So super excited to work on those projects. And as usual, a couple of Tropica plant profile videos, the Staragani Repens, and also filmed, and also edited a wonderful cinematic movie from the 10 foot or three meter long panoramic aquascape that's actually based at Tropica's headquarters. So I want to give a special shout out to my colleague Radu for being able to provide me with the amazing footage. Been, he's been on such a steep learning curve in terms of filmmaking and uh, yeah, he's getting some great results for us. So 
super proud of him. Sounds great. And that's enabled you to continue to work from home and support Tropica during the lockdown as well, which has been brilliant. Exactly. And yeah, it's all credit to the remote work, isn't it? You know, the power of the internet. I don't know where I wouldn't be working without the internet full stop. And we certainly wouldn't be creating this podcast. So absolutely. Very grateful for the World Wide Web. Okay, so let's get under the skin of the topic for today then. So we're taking a look at, first off, uh, filtration. So George, set the scene. Tell us what is filtration and why is it so important? Yeah, it's a great introduction. We've talked about aquariums as closed systems before. You have a, a volume of water and the livestock, the fish, the shrimp, the bacteria, the snails, everything that's living in that aquarium is producing waste all of the time. And if there's no way to kind of remove that waste or make that waste less harmful, that waste is just going to build and build to very toxic levels and be very harmful for the livestock. So we need some form of way to make that water much safer for the livestock to live in. Now that's where filtration comes in. The easiest thing to do is probably break down filtration into three main categories. We have biological filtration, mechanical filtration, and chemical filtration. So we'll go through each of those three in turn. So let's start off with biological filtration, which is arguably the most important form of of filtration. So going back to this idea of a closed system where this waste is accumulating all of the time, the good news is that a byproduct of this waste is ammonia. And actually, naturally occurring bacteria will feed on this ammonia and they convert that ammonia into nitrite. Now, ammonia is very, very toxic. Uh, nitrite is also toxic, but not as toxic as ammonia. So you have these bacteria feeding on the ammonia and they produce nitrite. And then you get another form of bacteria which feeds on the nitrite and that creates nitrate, which is actually the least harmful of these nitrogen compounds. So you start off with ammonia, then you go to nitrite, and then you go to nitrate. And this is basically the nitrogen cycle, which you may remember from school, but this is happening 24-7 in the aquarium environment. Now, this bacteria will naturally occur in the aquarium. It occurs in the substrate, it will occur on all the surfaces in the aquarium, but the most effective and efficient place for it to occur is in in a, a dedicated filter environment. We have external filters and internal filters and hang on the back filters. We'll go into those in more detail, but these provide the perfect, hopefully the perfect home for this beneficial bacteria to live and colonize. And the filter can be filled with different types of products, different types of media to host more bacteria, or you can you can put special media in to change the water chemistry. The filter housing is a, basically a great home to fit all of these things that can help improve the aquarium environment. So that's the nitrogen cycle in a nutshell and biological filtration. Mechanical filtration is much simpler. It's basically a type of media that traps any debris, any wastes. Fish poo. Yes. <laughs> so it will rely on water passing through a sponge or some form of other filter media. The solid debris gets trapped and that allows the clean water to go through. So it physically cleans the water. It hopefully makes the water look nice and clear. That's a good thing. We don't like to see floating particles. It keeps the water physically looking nice and clean. The third type, chemical filtration, relies on adsorption, not absorption. So it's AD. Adsorption actually physically removes elements from the water chemically so you would have a a media type such as activated carbon which is a very popular chemical filter media 
this actually locks certain elements into it and, and purifies the water that way. And you can also have other products such as Seachem Puragen, which works in a similar way, but it's rechargeable. So with activated carbon, once it's used up its life, once it's absor- absorbed all the stuff, it's effectively useless. And there is reports that can leach stuff back out into the water, so it's important to kind of continually change that carbon. Puragen, on the other hand, once it's kind of saturated with all the stuff it can take in, it turns like a brown colour, and then you can actually recharge it We're using bleach and then obviously you clean it properly afterwards and then you can put it back in the filter and then it can, you can continue this cycle of chemical filtration. So with those three different types, it all seems quite a, a, heavy, a heavy topic. Yeah. Do I need all those three types of filtration in my tank at the same time? Do I choose one or some or what, what happens? Yeah, you absolutely need biological filtration usually because the fish waste will often be more than the plant's ability to use that waste. So the great news is healthy planted aquariums and healthy plant growth, by the nature of those plants growing, they're removing nutrients. And one of the main, you don't know if you remember back to the liquid fertilizer episode, but one of the main nutrients that they use is nitrogen. And this ammonia, this nitrite and the nitrate are nitrogen compounds. So these form part of the food for the plants. Now, in a typically stocked aquarium where you're feeding the fish regularly and you might not have super high levels of plant growth, the waste that those fish are producing is going to be more than the plants can uptake it. So you need an additional form of biological filter. So the plants are, in essence, a very good biological filter, but we need to back that up with a a filter device which performs a biological filtration. So that's the number one thing. And then I would argue mechanical filtration is very important as well. We're looking at an aquarium. It's a beautiful thing that we want to, you know, see in our home and we don't want to see, you know, floating debris, cloudy water. So the mechanical filtration is useful there. Now, the interesting thing about mechanical filtration is that after some time, if you imagine the mechanical filter as a sponge and it's collected all of that debris, all of that waste, over time that's going to be colonised with this bacteria that we've talked about already. So that mechanical filter media will effectively turn into a biological media. For this reason, a lot of folk will not clean their mechanical media in fresh tap water, for instance. Fresh tap water often has high levels of chlorine or chloramine in them, which is very, very toxic to the bacteria. So often it is recommended that we never clean our filter media in fresh tap water. We normally clean that in aquarium water, old aquarium water. So you'd often siphon out a couple of gallons of water from your aquarium into a bucket, then you disconnect your filter, and then you clean all of the media in that bucket of water. Now, the interesting thing is the mechanical media doesn't have to be biological. So a great example is the Awaze Biomaster filters with a quick-release pre-filter. So over some time, you could argue that that pre-filter is going to turn into a biological filter. It's, it's designed as a mechanical filter. It's just sponges that are designed to be cleaned very frequently, ideally. If we just left that pre-filter running and running, that would turn into a biological filter. But we don't do that. The the rest of the filter compartment, that big box, is full of biological media. And the idea of the pre-filter is to stop all of that, you know, big particles and debris from clogging up the biological media. So that mechanical pre-filter we take out weekly or every two weeks, depending on how quickly it clogs, 
and we give it a really good clean and we put it back and it only takes a few minutes and that's one of the reasons I really love the Oage Biomaster filters okay. because um, and pretty... so when I'm doing that do I need to clean that in old aquarium water no no because because it's purely a mechanical media we don't need to maintain if there is any beneficial bacteria in it it doesn't matter if we wipe that out because okay. there's so much still left in the biological okay. media that's safely stashed away in the canister itself okay um, and what about chemical filtration then would i as a beginner would i need that my advice is if you focus on healthy plant growth then chemical filtration isn't necessary it can provide some benefits. It can give you really, really crystal clear water. So sometimes in aquascapes, people like to use a lot of wood. This wood can leach tannins and you get a slightly kind of brown tinge. You've seen this before in some of our aquascapes, de deliberately designed for that, some black water aquascapes. Um, but a lot of people like to see the water gin clear. So the carbon or the purigen is useful there, but it isn't necessary. I would, I would suggest it's more of a luxury thing. I would really focus on learning how to grow the plants before worrying about chemical filtration. Okay. And do you use chemical filtration? Very, very rarely. If I have a very special photo shoot coming up for a magazine or a book, or if I want to do a very high-end production video, then I might put some carbon sponges in the Oase Biomaster. So normally we just use the regular regular sponge, but there's actually carbon impregnated sponges which you can just switch over, which are really simple to use. So I would use that if I was doing like a special video or photo shoot. Yeah. Okay. Focusing in then on filters, what are the different types? The main types that we'll talk about today are the external canister filter. This is my favourite. The internal filter and then the hang on the back filter. So let's talk about the external filters first. These sit outside the aquarium, hence the name external. They usually sit under the cabinet and they are basically a container which holds all of the uh, biological and mechanical filter media, maybe, maybe chemical media as well if we're using carbon, etc. And then there's normally a pump on the top and then you have an outlet hose and an inlet hose which then connect to the aquarium. So the, the filter draws in water through the inlet hose it runs through the filter, through all the media, cleans the water biologically, mechanically, and maybe chemically, and then it pumps it back in into the aquarium. And that happens 24-7. That's always happening. The only time we should really turn off our filter is during maintenance. That's the external canister filter. I really like these because they you have all of that chunk of equipment outside of the aquarium. It's not spoiling the aquascape. And in our case, we often use you know, clear hoses and glass outlet and inlet. Or if we're not using that, we'll use a black background on the aquarium. Then we'll use black plastic inlet and outlet so you don't notice them that way. And it's all about, for us aquascapers, it's trying to minimise the impact of any ugly equipment on the aquascape. We don't want to be seeing ugly stuff in that, in that tank, do we? So that's the main advantages of the, of the canisters. There's also the advantage of being able to stock a wider variety of media. You can upgrade the filter media if, you, if you'd like to. There's different brands of biological media, for instance. Some uh, manufacturers will supply just sponges. Others will supply um, small kind of pieces of ceramic, which are apparently great for homing more bacteria, more surface area to, to, to house that beneficial bacteria. A lot more kind of flexibility with an external canister filter. Moving on to the internal power filters, these by the name of them, they sit inside the aquarium and these are usually cheaper and they have relatively high flow rates as well, which is interesting. But the main disadvantage for me is that they're ugly 
and it's very difficult to 100% hide an internal filter. So a good example, Emma, is the Awaze Starline 125 at the moment. And I think you commented yesterday that mm -hmm. look at that ugly thing in the corner. Can we get <laughs> oh, rid of that? Poor filter. No, I didn't. And we can. The, the good news is we do actually have an external filter to replace it with. So we'll talk about that at the end of the show because it's part of what next week's plans. But yeah, that's the main disadvantage. The biological mechanical capacity of them is generally smaller because it's a smaller thing. It has to fit inside the aquarium. So it's generally smaller. So you might not get so much biological filtration capacity there. another point external filters are generally more expensive internals are cheaper finally i want to just touch on the hang on the back filters you've probably never seen one of these these actually are very rare in the uk believe it or not i think Seachem have just brought out their range of tidal well they've had it out for a year or so which is a hang on the back range but as the name suggests it's actually an external filter that hangs on the side of the aquarium it's actually the size of an internal filter maybe a bit bigger but it's actually sitting outside and then you just have the inlet and the outlet just kind of poking over the edge and these are really popular in the united states for some reason but very really rare to find over here but the advantages of of these are that quite easy to maintain you know you don't have to get your hands in there like you do with an internal filter uh, you can there's a, a wide variety of stocking options in terms of the media um, the main disadvantage i would say is the circulation pattern that they produce they they cascade down so the water flows out and then it flows kind of downwards into the aquarium so you don't get kind of much kind of water velocity going around the aquarium it's all kind of pointing down so that's uh, one of the kind of disadvantages that I can that I can identify. And would a beginner's kit come with the um, the internal filter already fitted already yeah. standard? Yeah so most manufacturers will supply all of the necessary media and that, and that will either be sponges or ceramic rings or so you'll have a, a normally a combination of mechanical and biological media supplied and it, it's a, this is an interesting point that i want to touch on actually in a healthy planted aquarium we've already talked about this the, the the a lot of the biological filtration is done by the plants and the plant growth so actually the biological media in the filter isn't so important as if you had a fish only system so if you had a, a an aquarium with just fish and they're quite messy fish they're obviously producing all of this waste and that needs to be dealt with you know biologically and mechanically there's no plants to help assist that so that's when the media becomes really important you know how much biological filtration capacity does that media have with those kind of systems fish only systems you'll often find hobbyists will upgrade the supplied media that comes with the filter so a lot of the the filter manufacturers will you know as a cost saving exercise might not supply the most premium uh, biological filtration product but this isn't an issue for us as planted aquarium keepers because we know the healthy plant growth is more than going to deal with that nitrogen production from the ammonia nitrite and nitrate talk to us then about the different types of filter media what are there there's dozens of types but mainly we're dealing sponge sponges uh, these are great they act as both mechanical and biological like i said when they get clogged and mature they'll they'll start colonizing that bacteria they're easy to clean they're very cheap i actually really like sponge sponge media a lot of people turn a nose up at it because there are medias out there which are a lot more kind of efficient in air quotes speaking of which another type of media is ceramics 
and there's dozens of different types. There's just to name a few. There's Seachem Matrix. There's Eheim. All the main kind of aquarium manufacturers will have their own media. The really interesting thing with biological media, a lot of the marketing stuff that you read is all about the surface area of that media. You would assume that the more surface area, the better, because it has more. There's more opportunity there for the bacteria to colonise it. Filtration bacteria the beneficial bacteria, they need food. They need ammonia, basically, and they need flowing water. So if you have loads and loads of this media in a filter, there's going to be areas amongst that media where it's not getting any oxygen and it's not getting any food. So the bacteria isn't actually going to colonise there at all. So you, you could have hundreds of pounds worth of this really expensive filter media in there, but only the parts where it's receiving flowing water and oxygen and food are the parts that are going to be used most people don't think of this in the hobby and, and the reason I know this is actually I have a background and in, in basic understanding of pond filtration from when I worked with Evolution Aqua and they actually came up with this uh, moving bed filtration method so if you imagine a, a, let's say we've got our Wise Biomaster filter we've got all our media in there and it's just stationary it's just sat there and the water's flowing around it and the water takes the path of least resistance and you get what we call channeling and so it's only those, only those bits of media that are exposed to that flowing water and therefore the food, the ammonia, etc., that are going to be working. All of the other, it's almost dormant. It's not really doing anything. It's almost wasted space. So the benefit of a moving bed filter is that the, the actual, the way that the, the filter is constructed means that the, the media is constantly moving around this water, it's rotating, tumbling, and that gets colonised with the bacteria and it's getting fed with loads of oxygen and, you know, obviously the food, etc. So just a bit of a story there. It's not really relevant to aquariums because we very rarely use um, floating bed uh, media in filters. But just uh, kind of hopefully emphasise the point where don't be obsessed about just putting loads and loads of filter media in your filter and don't worry about it being... The, the most expensive, the most efficient on the market with the most surface area, because it's actually, it's not as simple as that. And my advice is if you look after your plants, promote healthy plant growth, this is gonna be the, one of the best things you can do for your water quality. Okay, and what about filter floss? Filter floss is a very much a mechanical only media. It gets trapped really, really quickly with fine particles. And that's the idea, people use it a lot either as a pre-filter, so they'll put it at the first part of the filtration so it clogs all of the stuff before it can get to the main filter and then you can, it's really cheap to buy as well and it's disposable so you just grab, grab it out, put it in the bin and then put a new bit in. You can also fill your canister filter up with it if you really wanted to get this fine polished water look um, but yeah it's a popular way just to kind of get that really fine mechanical cleaning. Right, thanks, George. feel very confident now in going to sit a science exam, <laughs> passing with flying colours. Um, moving on to circulation then. So talk to us about why it's so important. Plants can't move, really. They can't move around the tank in order to pick up nutrients and CO2, so we have to get that to them. And we do that by circulating the water. And circulation and filtration go hand in hand because the filter is part of the thing that makes the water move. It, it sucks in water and it pumps it out again. Circulation is really, really important in a planted aquarium. The rough rule of thumb is the higher energy your planted aquarium, we've talked about high energy versus low energy. High energy means more light, more CO2, more nutrients, more plant growth, etc. The more circulation you need. 
And the reason for that is, if you imagine a very highly lit aquarium with lots of CO2, but very poor circulation, let's say the, the back left hand of the aquarium is getting 90% of the CO2 uh, and, and nutrients, and the front right is getting 10%, that back left is obviously gonna be growing great, and it's actually gonna be taking in more nutrients and, and CO2, and therefore starving the front right of the aquarium plants even more. So to equal that scenario out, we need to have better circulation. So instead of having a 90%, 10%, we have you know, an equal percentage all around the aquarium. So all the plants have equal opportunity to use that CO2 and nutrients. And the way we do that is by having a powerful enough filter uh, to obtain that level of circulation. And one of the things I used to talk about a lot, not so much these days because it's, it's a bit more complex, but a rough rule of thumb is the 10 times rule. And I discovered this back in, when I started writing for Practical Fish Keeping and I was featuring other top aquascapers aquariums. And I was looking at their technical specs and these really small aquariums, you know, this 35 liter aquarium was being filtered by a you know, 600 liter per hour filter. And that is a lot of circulation in a, in a relatively small aquarium. And as I read more about it, and as I kind of analysed more and more top scapers, aquascapes, in terms of their equipment they were running, I realised that most of them were running like a 10 times rule. So if you've got the volume of the aquarium, let's say it's, thir let's say it's 35 litres or 10 gallons, you times that by 10, that's the flow rate of what the filter should be. So in our case, a 35 litre, 350 litre per hour filter, or in a 10 gallon, 100 gallons per hour filter. And then you can just go up and up. So, you know, we, we're gonna have a 400 litre aquarium or 100 gallon aquarium. We need therefore ideally a 4,000 litre per hour filter, or you can't really get that. So you'd use two filters. And and how do I know what the flow rate is then? Is it clear when I, when I go and purchase a, a filter? Yes, uh, all filters will have it supplied actually probably on a little label on the filter itself okay. or definitely on the instructions. But the interesting thing with the flow rate is actually that it's the claimed maximum flow rate. So what will happen is when you once you've got your filter media in there, once you've got your hoses connected in your, you know, your outlet and inlet devices in the aquarium itself and you've got obviously a height between the the filter and the tank itself that's going to reduce that maximum flow rate quite significantly. But the 10 times rule is just assuming the what you read is fine. So 100 litre aquarium, 1,000 litres per hour filter. And do I need to be mindful of my livestock when I'm looking at filtration and circulation? Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of fish come from very slow moving, almost stagnant waters, and they wouldn't appreciate a very, very fast flowing aquarium. A typical male better fish with the big fins or discus or angelfish, guppies, you know, fish with relatively large, proportionally large fins or their, you know, their kind of aspect ratio, the body shape isn't suitable for fast flowing water. The good news is that we can still have a high level of circulation, but with actually relatively low velocity of flow. And the way we do that is by using different filter outlets. So you may remember seeing the glass lily pipe outlets on the on the Aquascaper 1200, and that that's really great because you can put a lot of water movement through that. But because of the nature of the way it moves the water once it's left the lily pipe, it's called hydrodynamics. It means that there's 
more of a laminar flow throughout the whole aquarium. So if we replace that lily pipe with just a regular kind of jet nozzle, they call it, so it's just a, a, a regular out, you know, round output, the velocity coming out of there would be really quick and actually get a lot of turbulence and that would be uncomfortable for the fish. They wouldn't, they definitely wouldn't want to be swimming, you know, directly in that flow. So there's, and there's other options as well. We can use a spray bar, which is a tube with holes drilled in it, basically. And then the water comes out of those holes and you can have the spray bar like the entire length of the aquarium if you wanted or across the width of the aquarium. The thing with circulation and especially with aquascaping and circulation, a lot of it is trial and error. You can experiment with different outlets, positioning the outlets in different places, positioning the inlets in different places. And the overall aim, in my experience, the best scenario is having all of your plants slightly swaying in the breeze, so to speak. So slight, slight movement of the plants not you know the plants blown over you know looking like they're in distress but all just nicely swaying and another top tip is if you're injecting co2 either with an in-tank diffuser or an inline diffuser you can often see the micro bubbles you should be able to see the micro bubbles if you're injecting co2 in the tank and just witness just observe where these bubbles are going and the ideal situation is that these bubbles are going to be reaching all over the aquarium so no plant is going without that CO2 and we talked about this equal opportunity before you know we want all of the plants to have access to that CO2 and the way they get access to that CO2 is by decent circulation. And you touched on it there George but can you tell us what are the different ways to move the water around the tank? Yeah so we've got the a regular filter it has the pump fitted and you've got the hoses and it sucks in the water and blows it out again that, that's the main way that most people will get circulation you can also get additional power heads so these are literally internal pumps these these are submersible pumps that go inside your aquarium there's no media there's no like biological or mechanical media there it's just literally a propeller almost that's an impeller that's just forcing water through it so you're getting more circulation that way so you're not getting the extra filtration capacity but you're getting extra circulation and these are these are really useful in larger aquariums where you might not want to buy a, another big expensive filter and you can you know strategically hide these power heads so you might not even see them but you're still getting that benefit of the extra circulation we talked about the lily pipes and the spray bars and the regular kind of jet nozzles already can you sum up then, George, what are the key takeaways for our beginner listeners? Yes, filtration is essential for most aquariums. You need it to clean the water. So we mean cleaning it biologically, so we make that water safe for the livestock and we clean it mechanically so it looks good to us, so it's not full of floating crap, basically. And then if we want to, we can clean it chemically as well if we want to get that extra kind of sparkle, etc. The different types of filters you have the external internal and hang on the back we talked about those in a bit of detail and then we talked about different media types sometimes it isn't necessarily the best thing to get the most expensive fancy biological media because the plants themselves are amongst the best biological filters you can get then we talked about circulation and why that's important it's important for the plants to get equal opportunity to any co2 and nutrients even in a non-co2 injected tank extra circulation is beneficial and that's it in a nutshell not too complicated i hope okay well i guess people can listen to this a couple of times if uh, they want to yeah. get understand the key messages or if they have trouble sleeping and they want to that's get it sent. absolutely um where could i go for more information i always recommend the uk aquatic plant society forum i'll leave a link to that in the show notes there's always a group of experts on hand to help any beginners 
Also want to give a special shout out to my forthcoming book. Have you written a book, George? I have. I don't know if you heard about this. I haven't. <laughs> Tell all. There is a chapter completely dedicated to filtration, circulation and heating. And that is chapter three, page 21. In fact, we've got the, just for the listeners, if they can just visualise, we have the manuscript open right in front of us so I could actually give you that reference. Doesn't it look good? It looks beautiful. Uh, if anyone wants to buy it, they can get it from Amazon right now, amazon.co.uk or amazon.com. And hopefully if you're not living in the UK or US, they can still potentially ship to you. But there will be more details released on how you can buy the book and even some signed copies as well. So look forward to announcing that soon. And what have you got coming up this week, George? That's a great question, Emma. I need to get the notes up again. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us what's in the diary for this week. This week I am visiting Aquarium Gardens. My good friend Dave, the owner there, he's invited me to Aquascape and Aquascaper 600. We'll do that as part of a live stream for my YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed with notifications enabled so you don't miss that. Also, I am upgrading our Awaze Starline 125 with the external filter. So it's a great lead-in topic there. We have currently the internal filter, um, which which is a nice filter and it comes with a heater, but it is a bit cumbersome and ugly. And as we've just spent a lot of time and energy rearranging the gallery, we want to make it look as beautiful as we can. Mm -hmm. And part of that process is replacing that internal with an external filter. Also, very exciting news. I am visiting MD Fish Tanks. So he is a very successful YouTuber. I think he recently overtook me in terms of subscribers, which is great to see. Very kind of hands-on, practical videos. I recommend his channel. And yeah, he is a machine at producing aquarium videos. So he now, I think he has his own kind of studio. He's just churning out video after video from his aquascapes in there. So uh, it'd be really great to catch up with him and see his aquascapes and maybe even have a feature on the podcast with him. See how we go. Sounds great. Yeah, looking forward to it. A couple more videos for Tropica as usual. There'll be an aquarium update video. I'm not decided which one it's going to be yet. Might even do one of the Oase tanks in the in the gallery. And, and then there'll be a plant profile video again that is to be announced but i do recommend subscribing to the tropica youtube channel normally two videos every week on there an aquarium update video and a plant profile video and it just consolidates a lot of the learning actually from these podcasts as well so it's all kind of an integrated experience okay guys i hope you enjoyed that episode all about filtration and circulation don't forget you can check us out on our facebook page we've just gone over the thousand likes mark now so we will be doing an announcement soon as a giveaway but check that out george farmer podcast on facebook also check out my instagram george farmer studios youtube channel which i'll leave a link to if you have enjoyed this podcast please consider rating and reviewing us especially if it's on apple podcasts it's really appreciated and we especially appreciate the written comments and the feedback it's really great to see the, the listeners comments isn't it emma absolutely Okay, so I'll say cheerio. No, I won't. I don't say that. What do I say, Emma? Uh, keep on scaping. No, no I got... say that. No. Okay, there we... mm, you take care. Okay, there yeah, we go. So that's it for now. Okay, guys, that's it for now. You take care. Keep on scaping. Cheerio. And what have you got coming up this week, George? That's a great question, Emma. I need to get the notes up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, just too busy looking at my beautiful photos in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds a bit uh, knobby, bit e- egocentric. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I did that bit out. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, what's happening next week? 
Oh, do we start again then? That's all right, keep it going. Mm. It could be a good outtake. <clears throat> okay, and so... <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs>